You're listening to 3CR. This is Billy X. Jennings of the Black Panther Party. Power to the people. Asia Pacific Currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. On Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this hot and bright Saturday the uh, 5th, 5th of December. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morrow. I actually think it's a bit cloudy out there, Giselle, but anyway, I might, might have just cleared up in the 10 minutes that I was in the I station. I think you've lit up the studio and I just got a bit distracted, so everything's sunny when I'm in your company, Pierre. Oh, well, this is better than the usual <laughs> insults I get. So, um, But um, anyway, you're listening to Asia Pacific Island. That's right. I brought you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links. And um, you can go to our website, www.aawl.org.au, go to our Facebook page, and we're on Twitter as well. And on today's program, we've got a whole range of news updates from the region. Plus, also, we haven't covered the refugee issue for quite a while on this show, so thought we'd um, do that just to get the latest updates of this very, very long-running scandal in Australia. Um, That's right. So the feature interview in the second part of the program this morning, listeners, is um, an interview with long-standing stalwart activist of the refugee movement here in Melbourne, Victoria, Chris Chris Breen. And many of you will have heard Chris Breen speaking at demonstrations or even being interviewed here at 3CR. But yes, absolutely time to uh, refocus on that uh, particular situation. So that is coming up in the second part of the show. And we'll go straight to the news items. And um, the first one that we'll go, we'll go to Thailand, where um, a new report has shown there's widespread exploitation in Thailand's poultry industry. The poultry, poultry, or in other words, chicken industry is a large and expanding sector in Thailand, with the global consumption of chicken meat steadily increasing. A recently released report has found widespread exploitation of the workforce. The report also found that standards and regulations of the industry were mainly concerned with food safety and not workers' conditions. The majority of the workforce are also migrant workers from either Cambodia and or Myanmar, who um, in Thailand are routinely used as cheap and disposable workforce. And unfortunately, the abuse of migrant workers is not isolated to the sector alone, as the um, the fisheries and other food production um, sectors are also guilty of such um, practices. Moving now to Cambodia, as we've reported last week and um, for a number of weeks running now, the Cambodian garment workers are renewing their push for a living wage across the sector. A number of international actions and support um, events have already been have already happened, and we've listed those on our website. So they've declared that the 10th of December is a day that all Cambo- Cambodian wo- garment workers will take coordinated industrial action. Many other organisations around the world will also take action on that day in support of the Cambodian workers' demand for a wage increase to 
177 US dollars a month. We do have an event here in Melbourne, Australia that is being coordinated by Australia Asia Worker Links, and that is on Thursday, the 10th of December at 5.30 at uh, H&M, which is the store based at the old GPO on the corner of Burke and Elizabeth Street. So hopefully we'll see you there, listener. That's right. And um, really, you've got to think about $177 um, a month is not that much money that they're asking. Um, we actually um, remain, uh, or we go, we remain in Australia where um, uh, in last week, in two separate accidents, less than two hours apart, three construction workers in Perth uh, were killed at their workplace. These latest deaths bring the current number of workers killed uh, in Australia at work to 170. As, uh, as listeners with no unions in Australia have worked very hard to reduce the number of fatalities and injuries over the years here in Australia. And of course, one of the strongest and most successful unions at creating safe workplaces is the Construction, Forestry, Mining and Energy Union, or usually called the CFMEU. Now, uh, again, as many listeners would know here in Australia, but not necessarily um, the ones listening to, pod- to the podcast of this program or over the internet, that it is also the, the CFMU is also the union which has been constantly under attack by the ABCC Royal Commission and has been facing repeated raids by police. <coughs> now we can say still in Australia, Pierre, because uh, another... Um serious attack on our ability to organise and and to fight back. Ten years ago, on the 11th of December, um, in a media-inspired frenzy, thousands of people converged in Sydney's seaside suburb of Cronulla to unleash an anti-Lebanese and anti-Arab riot. This year, Australia has seen the rise of a number of anti-Muslim and far-right groups who are determined to grow and establish their presence on the streets. A number of these groups now want to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the Cronulla riot. A coalition of Labor and anti-racist groups will oppose them. Uh, And for those of you who haven't noticed or seen it, the Electrical Trade Union of Queensland and Northern Territory is the latest Australian union to come out condemning the rise of these racist far-right groups. And, in fact, the secretary of that union posted um, a video which is very, very powerful if you have an opportunity to view it, and we will and have posted it to our Facebook and our, um, our website. And um, that's right. And, um, of course, people can always um, uh, subscribe to our uh, mini-news so you can get these uh, e-news alerts um, as they come out. It usually comes out once a week as a compilation. But now we go to, um, I was going to say to Sri Lanka, but we actually go to um, Saudi Arabia where um, we've talked a lot about the systematic exploitation of migrant workers in Gulf countries of West Asia uh, and the kafala um, systems where basically uh, millions of migrant workers are really nothing more than bonded labourers. A recent case has come up that has highlighted the barbarity that many of these workers have to endure with the case of a Sri Lankan maid being sentenced to death by stoning for adultery. Now, the interestingly was that while the Sri Lankan um, uh, Employment Ministry has uh, stated they will try and save the woman's life and they will go through all the diplomatic channels, um, the Sri Lankan ambassador to Saudi Arabia blamed the woman herself and stated that she shouldn't have come to work to Saudi Arabia if she didn't like the laws. Um, 
appalling is an understatement, really, um, listeners, but I'll just leave it at that. And in the aftermath of the indiscriminate mass murders in Paris, European governments have used the tragedy to step up war efforts and curtail civil liberties. The United Kingdom is the latest European power to enter the war effort in West Asia. Amid the carnage on the ground, the various imperialists are also clashing due to their competing and conflicting interests. The losers of these wars and repression are the workers of all countries. In Syria... The civilian opposition is constantly under attack while fleeing working-class families are increasingly being met with hostility and repression. Workers around the world need to organise against the war on terror. That's right, and um, we have seen some organisation against it, but I think uh, it needs to be, um, shall we say, scaled up, I think is the right word. Well, I think part of what's happened, Pierre, not that we want to go into a big discussion about it, is once upon a time there was, well, after the 2003 war on Iraq, there was a very, very strong international anti-war movement that has slowly, slowly been whittled away. I would have actually said it was very fastly whittled away, which yeah. was actually okay. surprising. I accept your description. Given that there were millions of people on the streets, I think it'd be interesting to see an analysis of how you build such a huge movement and it collapses so quickly. But uh, we haven't got time for that. Um, but we'll go to, to China now, where, as reported previously, Chinese workers have increased the industrial actions in conjunction uh, or as a response to the slowing economy and uh, increasing job losses. The last month, uh, in November, saw another increase in the number of recorded strikes by workers in China. And I stress that this is a recorded strikes. So obviously, there's more. Uh, not only are the frequency of strikes increasing, but workers are, are demanding better collective bargaining power and more representative unions. Workers employed at the giant Walmart Corporation are taking on the official union representatives in an attempt to establish stronger and more accountable union structures. And certainly, this is a, an arena, an area that we need to uh, to have a good look and to to see because it's it's um, it's very important for workers in China to form independent unions. The giant Coles supermarket chain in Australia has a track record of doing deals with yellow unions to weaken its workforce and drive down wages and conditions. In the northern Australian state of Queensland, the latest battlefront of an ongoing battle by groups of workers to fight a new wage agreement that would leave them earning below the minimum wage. Um, uh, But on the 10th of December, Coles workers are taking action to demand that a new legal wage structure be implemented immediately instead of waiting till sometime in 2016. And in fact, I saw an analysis of the new wage structure that was rammed through um, in the last EBA negotiations at Coles. And the analysis showed that, in fact, workers would be losing collectively $100 million dollars. That is, how, that is the profit that Coles has made on this new EBA. Let me give you the details of the rally. Um, the rally is tell Coles the pay, um, to pay award wages and it's scheduled for Friday the 11th of December. Is it the 11th or the 10th? We the, should 11th, the, the 11th of in December. In Queensland, it's on the 10th. Uh-huh. Um, at 4 o'clock. So this is in Melbourne. It's at the corner of Elizabeth and Flinders Street. Um, at 4 o'clock on Friday, the 11th of December, come out and tell Coles to pay award wages. We're not going to tolerate the company making $100 million of profit off of our wages. Well, in actual fact, there will be an extra one hundred million to be totally pedantic, but the the last um, the last item that 
um, I want to report to is uh, in South Korea. There's an up. There's um, as we brought you uh, recently. There's been major. Uh, worker mobilization and two weeks ago there was a huge rally that was severely repressed by the police and also the police have uh, I think since then have raided eight uh, union officers and they are uh, chasing the Han Sung Kyun who is the leader of the KCTU the, uh, as a response there is actually a, another major rally today in Seoul uh, it was deemed illegal by the police, but um, the Supreme Court has now said that it is legal. So we wait to see how our comrades in South Korea go today. So all the best, uh, sisters and brothers, and um, hope you get a great turnout and it's all peaceful. Anyway, that's the end of the uh, news roundup uh, here in um, at uh, Asia Pacific Currents. Uh, you're listening to 3CR Radio, and it's just gone on uh, 12 past, well, it's actually almost 13 past 9 o'clock. We'll go to a couple of community announcements and we'll be back with Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective. Buy a ticket in the 3CR Summer Radiothon raffle. And not only will you be supporting independent radio, but you could be in the running to win a new bike kindly donated by Reed Cycles. Reed Cycles have stores in North Melbourne, Windsor and Collingwood. Check out their website, readcycles.com.au. Call the station now on 94198377 to get your tickets. Reed Cycles is a 3CR supporter. I'm Helen Razor, but that's deeply irrelevant. What is relevant is that you're listening to 3CR on, what's that frequency again, dear? 855, I told you, Helen. 855. And what is relevant is that you're not listening to that other crap. So well done. It's um, just, that's right, well done. It's just on um, 14 past 9 o'clock here on 3CR Radio. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents, the radio program of Australia Asia Worker Links. And uh, we're very um, fortunate to have uh, Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective online. Welcome, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me. No, no worries. Look, there's there's lots that's been happening in the area of uh, the refugee issue, and um, as we said at the introduction, uh, at the start of the program, it's it's something that we haven't really talked for a while. So it was important to um, touch base uh, again. So um, just in just as an introduction, uh, just to set the scene, mm-hmm. there's been a change of leadership in the government in Australia. Has that made any change to the overall refugee policy? Uh, in terms of policies, no. Uh, Malcolm Turnbull, I think, has tried to symbolically distance himself from the Abbott government to sort of provide a justification for taking over, uh, but there has been no change. And in doing that, he's tried to speak to two audiences at once. So, for instance, he said he's uh, concerned about what's happening on Manus and Nauru, but on the other hand, uh, no people will ever be resettled in Australia. Um, and so we say, you know, it's hypocrisy. If there was real concern, that has to lead to closure. He's got the power to do it. Um, none of the policies of the Turnbull government have changed in any regard from uh, the Abbott. You know, if anything, uh, they've gotten worse with the, you know, border force uh, and the now running the detention centres, the, the new uh, four-metre high fences and so forth. 
I mean, Turnbull's also, there's other symbolic things, like he's raised concern over domestic violence. It, but if there's any message we want to get across, it's the continuing hypocrisy. So despite that, you've had the, um, the cover-up of the extent of uh, sexual abuse on Nauru. Uh, we saw, you know, very recently, uh, Abian, who was raped and pregnant, who came to Australia briefly, then was sent back to Nauru, um, and then finally, after a campaign, was brought, brought back to Australia. Um, there's uh, still uh, Nazanin, uh, who uh, who was raped uh, brutally on Nauru uh, much earlier this year, uh, attempted suicide twice, is now in uh, Australia for treatment, but is still uh, separated from her mother and brother, who have desperately been called to be with her because <coughs> her condition is de deteriorating. And then I guess there's the um, <coughs> excuse me the hypocrisy over Syrian refugees. So despite um, 12,000 being brought to Australia, although we've still only seen two, you know, and we say that they should all be brought here by Christmas with more next year, um, there are Syrians on uh, Nauru and I'm, sure, I'm not sure if they're on Manus, the, the ones from Manus are now in Billawood, um, again for treatment, um, who have been there for over two and a half years. Um, and then you've got, even with the Syrian intake, there's the discrimination that they're building into the refugee intake, saying that they're going to prioritise um, Christians, which is something that is not pro-refugee. Um, as you know, Greens leader Richard Di Natale said, it's got more than a whiff of white Australia um, about it. Um, and, it, you know, it's intended to... Um, to <coughs> suggest that uh, Muslim refugees could be some sort of threat... Uh, which is nonsense and, you know, hypocritical in any regard. It's not about concern for Christians. There are hundreds of Christians who are also still detained on Manus and Nauru and have been for over two and a half years. So essentially it's, it's you know, uh, full steam ahead with the, the, all the horrors that we saw under Abbott. I think that uh, what you described, um, it's very much, it's a litany of, of horrors. It's, it's like you, you go, you start from one place and you go to the next and you, and you just think, well, where, how do you unravel this, this terrible mess? But just before I ask a few more questions, how many, do you know how many people are in the detention centres currently as either asylum seekers or refugees or do you have the numbers? Um, I can got a computer in front of me and Border Force just put out their uh, recent stats, although you have to read them a little bit carefully. So, for instance, um, on Nauru, they say there's 691, uh, but that's just in detention. That doesn't include the people they've released into the community, uh, and it's a prison island. You know, you can drive around it in 20 minutes. Um, there is no safety and security for, for refugees there. That's right. I if mean, I can just interrupt, in terms yeah. of for the listeners, there are refugees who are being released from these camps, but because they can't be resettled, they literally cannot leave either Nauru or Manus Islands. Uh, that is correct. Um, and that includes uh, children. Uh, so the government says there's 95 children on Nauru, but actually there's 222 when you include the people in the community. There was a, a man who recently climbed up to the top of a crane uh, protesting about this in Nauru. Uh, so it's probably about 1,200 on Nauru. It's probably about the same on Manus. Um, and I've just got the um, Border Force stats 
in front of me. Uh, total in facility, that's 2,000. Um, the biggest, uh, however, is those on bridging visas in the community, which is 30,000, uh, essentially because they ran out of space for people in detention. Um, and can and, you, very, those were, and can you yeah. very quickly just explain what a bridging visa means? A uh, bridging visa means that people still have not had their claim processed. Uh, they're in the community. Um, it's, it guarantees people very little rights. It's not even like a temporary protection visa, which uh, you know people who have been found to be refugees are uh, gathered, which also provides no long-term security. Uh, bridging visas don't provide an automatic right to work, Um People have to apply for that, and that can be a lengthy process. Um, I, I think it's about 80%, maybe it's 89% of the dole is the, the highest payment that people can get under those circumstances. So people really live in abject poverty, uh, rely on charity. Uh, you know, can have large numbers of people in one house with literally no furniture, with nothing. Um, you know, it's quite uh, difficult circumstances. The Australian Greens are claiming a victory on the issue of children in detention, particularly Manus and Nauru. Do you? What, what's your view about that? Is that is that a real victory? Is it a hollow victory, or is it something that we can build on? Um, it's at this stage, it's a symbolic victory, and it's something we can build on. Uh, it, children have not been released. What it is, the Greens. Um, put amendments to a bill that the Liberals had in the Senate calling for all children to be released um, from detention. And I guess one of the one of the good things about it is that the Labor Party voted for it. And I think that is a sign of the growing campaign. A year ago, I don't think there's any doubt they wouldn't have done that. Um, and it does mean that despite the, you know, the horrors continue, despite all of that, we are making some political ground. However, the fact that that was passed in the Senate, uh, it still has to go back to the House of Reps, and there's, the Liberals aren't going to pass that. I'd be very surprised if they do. Um, so it's, you know, the, there is no release at the moment. Um, it's a good sign. The other thing that I will say about that even if the rest of the children on Nauru, the 95, are released into the community, that's still not a solution. Those people are still in prison. They are still fearful of attacks from, uh, you know, handfuls of uh, local thugs. They still don't get proper school. Uh, they still effectively live in jungle with no sewerage system, without, uh, you know, any locks on their doors, without the ability to work. Um, it's, you know, it's... it's it's a, an awful um, situation that people continue to protest about and have been you know, threatened with jail for, for peaceful protest on Nauru. I want to look at the international um, situation for refugees, uh, not in any great detail because I know you're, you're working mostly on the Australian um, campaign. Has the, the Syrian refugee crisis across Europe, has that made an impact in relation to um, the reception of this issue here in Australia? Has it made it worse or better in terms of what people think, I, I mean, what humanitarian solutions people want to raise for refugees in Australia? Um it's mixed. I, I still think the, the fundamental thing is the politics here winning that. 
there was a spike in concern over uh, the Syrian refugees, particularly when the photo of the dead boy on the beach uh, turned up. But partly I think that crystallised uh, attitudes which have been slowly changing here for some time. Um, and so there was concern about the, you know, the horrors um, in Syria. And, you know, certainly there have been millions of Syrian refugees and Australia taking 12,000 is a drop in the ocean. Uh, you've got over a million living in Turkey. They make up a third of Lebanon's population. Um, on the other hand, I think sadly after the uh, attacks in Paris, uh, there has been an attempt to smear refugees as being potential uh, terrorist threats, and there's a little bit of a backlash around that. Some bad reporting about the Syrian passport there, which turned out to be fake. Uh, all the attackers, as far as I know, were, were European. There's never been anybody um, come by boat to Australia uh, commit a terrorist offence. You know, it would be a bizarre sort of strategy to come by boat. Um, so there, it's, and in, in Europe itself, it's, it's also been mixed. You've seen immense uh, displays of solidarity, of people going to help refugees, um, uh, protests to, to demand refugees are taken, to take down fences. On the other hand, you've seen, uh, again, after the Paris attacks, uh, Poland say they're not going to take their quota. Uh, France say it's shutting its borders. You know, again, not that the, the attacks had anything to do with refugees. Uh, so I think there's a in Europe as here there is a political battle over treating refugees like human beings, like our brothers and sisters. Is there a relationship between the refugee action collectives across Australia and the international refugee movement? Are you building those international links? Um, that's a good question. Uh, we we are aware of what's happening in Europe. Um, I have had sporadic contact with uh, groups in Europe. Um, some of it actually has been people coming to Australia, and we get uh, we've had people from Germany, from France, from the refugee movement there coming to Rack in Melbourne, um, and then we get them to do introductions, and so we get a bit of a picture of the movement in Europe. I've had some email contact back and forth with groups in uh, the UK. Uh, there, there's perhaps no systematic uh, or organisational uh, links, but we are we certainly you know keep an eye on developments in Europe, um, you know for for good or ill, um, because you know we do live in one world, and you find that the politics in one place um, often comes to another. And um, Chris, just as a last 30 seconds, um, there was uh, one very small but significant win for a small number of people and there were the, 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 the Tamil group that was actually held indefinitely because of an ASIO um, um, assessment and many, most have now been released. Uh, there are still some. They have been quietly being released uh, by ASIO, some held over six years. And again, ASIO has provided no reasons for why they're in there in the first place, why they overturned the decision. There's been no apology, no offer of compensation. These people's lives have been destroyed. But it just backs up what we've said all along, that these were political decisions. Uh, it came after Rudd's visa freeze on Tamils, that suddenly these uh, ASIO adverse assessments started to be uh, brought about. Uh, there was never any basis to them and there really does need to be compensation and apology to these people who have lost six years or, or more of their lives without trial, uh, without charge. 
Um, um, if I, if I that. Yeah, well, look, we totally agree, Chris. And um, I think that, you know, like we said at the start, there's just a, a scandal um, one on top of the other. And I think uh, these Tamil um, detainees would be just um, one of the first that should be compensated. And there's many other asylum seekers who have suffered incredibly for, for no reason at all. So, look, we wish you all the very best to you and your uh, comrades fighting hard. And um, thank you very much, Chris. And we'll certainly thank get you. an update. Can I just give a plug for our Human Rights Day event? Uh, Absolutely, Thursday, go for it. December the 10th from 5.30 to 8.30 in uh, the city square, uh, which is the one on Swanson Street and uh, Collins. Uh, we'll have a range of speakers from refugees to human rights lawyers. We'll be doing chalking and sign painting. Uh, we'd encourage people to come down. You can find that on our website or our Facebook, uh, Facebook Rack Vic. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Chris, and all the, all the best. Okay, bye. Bye. Buy a ticket in the 3CR Summer Radiothon Raffle. And not only will you be supporting independent radio, but you could be in the running to win a new bike kindly donated by Reed Cycles. Reed Cycles have stores in North Melbourne, Windsor and Collingwood. Check out their website, reedcycles.com.au. Call the station now on 9419 to get your tickets. Reed Cycles is a 3CR supporter. And you just listen... Oh, and you just listened to an interview with uh, Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective about the ongoing scandal of the treatment of the asylum seekers and refugees here in uh, Australia. But that's all that we've got uh, for you today. You've been listening to Asia Pacific Currents, the weekly program of Australia Asia Worker Links. Uh, we'll be back next week here on your favourite community radio station, 3CR Radio. That's all from me, Pierre Morrow. And me, Giselle Hanna. And stay tuned for the Palestine Remembered program. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.